question everything. Man, because you can't reach it. He can't reach a conclusion to by himself. Hey, now. He needs all the help he can get. Hey, now. This episode is not about short jokes. Stop it. <laughs> did so- I say anything? Did I say anything about being short? No, he just said you couldn't reach conclusions. Yeah, because I'm short. You're grasping for straws right now. He's lost in the grass. Stop laughing. I can't help it. The grass tickles my balls when I run. I'm clipping that part. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstead. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 88 of This Week in MTG, your idiot news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. That's Danny. What's up? Here we got JB. Yay. You can find I have not prompted him to do that at all. Why do I do this again? I don't know. You say it every week. You, you have to still show up. You have nothing better to do. I mean, you're not wrong. We're the only rides that'll allow you in because you're just tall enough. No, this. he doesn't reach it. We just let him in. <laughs> We're the cool carnies. Yep. <laughs> We're the carnies that don't give a shit. <laughs> We're the carnies that are the liability. <laughs> and then JB's we're the poor the, kid that we're just the ran reason away with our, us. our job has insurance. Fun fact about carnies. Carnies came to Monoman one time, and I made friends with one of them, and he brought me back to his their trailer, oh and he my had, a play, god. had a PlayStation 1. Oh my god. I played Digimon World 3 on oh his PlayStation 1. Oh my god, 1. Matt. Almost got raped. I'm pretty sure he did. He just doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> There's something about like repressed first, memories. First, first stage is always denial, Matt. It's okay. <laughs> it's not just a river in Egypt. Another fun fact about Carnies, they have an average of 3.2 teeth. And the IQ of two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to our our carny audience, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for taking a young child back to your trailer to play video games. He wasn't an old person. The guy was like 15. That's and he worse. was seven. That's, I was like nine. That's even worse, Matt. Yeah, the kid was 15. That That's w- even worse. They were using the kid to lure in other kids. Well, I... Nothing that's, bad that's, happened that's, that's that you know of. You probably blacked out. They probably <laughs> roofied your ass. Oh, shit. They give you LSD thinking you were playing Digimon, but you really weren't playing Digimon. Right? This is like an intervention, a life realization. Is this, this is not this week in therapy. Let's continue this. I found a Digi-Egg. What are you doing, <laughs> Step Ladder? Stop. No, wait. Don't encourage <laughs> this. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, we have a podcast for y'all. <laughs> Do we? We <laughs> do. Only if your butt hurt in the morning. Uh, Did it? Let's hear an ad from <laughs> sponsor. That's a bad transition. J-Dubs, I'm so sorry, Josh. <laughs> you probably, oh. Watch, this will be the one episode oh he chooses to listen to, and he's going to be like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> a train sorry, wreck. Pull, pull, pull the plug <laughs> on this now. You're talking about carnies and all this stuff, and my name's affiliated with it? Nah, nah. Good luck. Find somebody else. <laughs> but... Here is an ad from J-Dubs now. Thank you for listening to This Week in MTG. 
If you would like to show support for us, you can check out our amazing sponsor, J-Dove Sports Cards and Gaming, located in the Westacre Malls in Fargo, North Dakota. They are your one-stop shop for all your magic purchases. They are always stocked up with Ultra Pro and Dragon Shield sleeves and playmats, Commander Precon decks, plus they have an abundance of booster boxes ranging from Amonkhet to Zendikar. J-Dubs also buys and sells magic singles at competitive prices. Their display case and binders are full of format staples, hidden gems, and other cards for you to bling out all your decks with. With those cards you just bought or traded for, you can make a modern or legacy deck so you can play in the Weekend Discord League. Entrance is $10 and games are played over Spell Table. Links are in the show notes. When you reach out, make sure to let them know the guys over at This Week at MTG sent you. Now let's get back to the episode. And thank you, J-Dubs, you for supporting us. Like, I was in Blue Drums. You're a fucking skewered or some shit. Hey, Danny, you want to give the Patreon pitch? Thank nope. you. Nope. Too bad. You nope. lost your fingers. Nope. Come on, JB. Nope. We have witnesses. I'm too yeah. short. I can't reach my nose. Well, it sounds like be, a personal problem. If we're going to be going off of that kind of mentality, then we're like the older kids that force you to do the thing because you're nope. short. Nope. Yep. Nope. I am not climbing in this particular locker, sir. Tell us about the Patreon. That's fine. We'll just throw you in it. No. What kind of rewards can people expect? Cool stuff. Like what? Like cool stuff. Like what? Like cards. Oh. And more cards. <laughs> and that's all we got so far. So if you like cool stuff and cards, give us your money. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's my Patreon pitch. Matt, it sounds like you need to take this pitch over. <laughs> <laughs> How about we Matt, try? Let's, Matt just needs to pre-record this too. Let's let's give you a shot here, Danny. Let's see if you can do it. Oh no, no, I'll do it after you. No, nope. see if you can. And then give we'll your, see who else. What is the he best. said. Give your no. Old, it's got to be original. Give your good old college try here. My college try took five years for a two-year degree. It's gonna take a while. I mean, I didn't even get a degree. That's why mine sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Yours can be just a little better. Nah. I need paper. I need. I need to see it. Can't think off the top of my head. Words are hard for me, bro. Words are hard. Oh, never mind. It's not. It's not typed up in the notes. I thought no, it was in the not. show notes. It's not. See, that's why I couldn't do it either. What you guys just can't ad lib? Nope. No. Freeform. I'm nope. mentally handicapped. I cannot. I can't ad lib because I didn't drop LSD with carnies and play <laughs> Digimon World. So play <clears throat> if, <laughs> right. if play. you if you made it this why far, why is this controller hairy? In listening to the podcast. We the have joystick's a, all sticky. We have a Patreon <laughs> where you can, I guess if you find our I content. I can't push the X button. If you find our content good enough, you can send us money. Don't worry. It's not going to be con- going to JB and his whatever needs. <laughs> no, push the circle button. <clears throat> we have a $3 tier where it gets you put in for a drawing once a month for a booster pack. The ten dollars tier, you get an EDH. You get put into a drawing for an EDH staple of valued of fifteen to twenty dollars. Uh, we haven't picked out the card yet or the booster pack. We'll let you know next week what those are gonna be. But yeah, check that out if you really think our content's worth it. Right now, after this whole thing, like we've been a couple minutes in. <laughs> couple. Yeah, a couple minutes in. Don't know why. Uh, Don't know why I swallowed the fly. <laughs> among other things. <sighs> okay. So, let's give you that breakdown how this episode is going to go off. JB actually did his homework this week, and he set up the Boggle Desk. So, this is going to be a fun experience, because I didn't even look at the Boggle Desk because of that. Going to be a train wreck. Isn't it already? Oh, it always is. Then after that, Danny's going to give us a blog-a-tog. 
Maybe. We got a few quickies before we get into the real bulk of this episode, which involves... Uh, no details. <laughs> yeah. I mean, flavorfully, yes. Because we ain't got no, shit. It involves no details. But there's league information, pro play information, and uh, big box stores not selling cards anymore. Good. And depending on how long that conversation goes, we'll go from the finance section to deck of the week, and then y'all can go home after that. Yay, I get to go home and sleep. No, you get to watch this Dave Chappelle video. No, I'm going to go home and play Valheim. You said you were going to go home and sleep. Yeah. You fucking you sack of shit. I lie all the time. Did you actually see the blue waffle then? No. Okay. And J- you didn't have to show me that either. JB, <laughs> take us away with the boggle desk. Hold on. He can't operate the links he's put in. No, I just... it was My kid took a flight of a flying leap off the spinning desk chair, so... You are watching that video? No. I was supposed to say, you didn't show it to us? I was checking to make sure Are you gonna need everybody was okay. No. She's just like, yeah, no, she, spook- she just spooked a little bit. She went right back to the chair. Like, Jesus Christ. She's going to do it until she cracks her head open. Right? Links are too tall for him. <laughs> okay, so, Matt, did you look this morning at all to see if there was any standings? Yes. MPL weekend? Uh, MPL weekend had some hiccups and stuff, but they were able to play. Among but... other things. Because I found the deck list, but I couldn't find standings. So that's why I didn't know if they had posted them already yet or not. I haven't had a chance to look today. Double checking magic.gg here. I do know that there are two people that got into the world, the worlds from this. So you've been over here for almost two hours now. Yep. You could have looked. Andre. I could have. Yeah, we got it right here. But I didn't. Andre Storinsky and Paulo Vito Damaderosa. Got the world invite? Yep. Boom. You heard it here, folks. Congratulations. You heard it here first on Dateline. Ah, Too bad we got that from mtg.gg. Shh. Don't reveal our sources, sir. It's public knowledge. No, it's not. But it's not. It's our secret. (laughs) Just because Wade's in the chat doesn't mean you got to ASMR everything. What I do? Now you got to do the blog of talking it. <laughs> We're done with this. Let's keep going. <laughs> Are we? Are we really? <laughs> what you give off topic with videos and I can't do anything? You make a mouth clicking noises. Let's go. That was him, not me. Oh damn it, JB. Get back. Focus. Boggle desk. Okay, so we went through the MPL important stuff anyway, whoop de doo. Um so Inside Esports had another standard open five K. Uh this one was number three. First place, we had a mono-white aggro. Second place was mono-green mid-range. Third place was another mono-white aggro. Fourth place was a four-color whatever the hell. Drink deck. Click on it, Matt. I don't want to click on you it. You did. It, yeah, it's it's cycling. Is it? Yeah. Four-color cycling? No, no. They only call it four-color because you know it has memory leak, which is the black spell, but they're only cycling it. They're never casting it. Oh, no. Mm. They actually could. They do have a Savannah Triome. Well, and a clear water pathway. So they can cast a memory uh, memory leak. They got no other black spells in the deck at all. What's the... Uh... Yeah, otherwise it's Jeskai uh, Cycling. Which brings us into fifth place with Jeskai Cycling. Sixth place is blue-black random shenanigans with Blue Shark Black. Typhoon. Demir Control. With what? Yeah. Uh, Lockmare Serpent being in here. 
which is kind of surprising. Because right, I haven't seen that card in a while. Right? It's good graveyard hate because its uh, third ability is exile five target cards from an opponent's graveyard. And then you can return uh, Lockmare's Serpent from your graveyard to your hand. Activates only when you could cast a sorcery. So it's a 7-7 seven, seven that exiles cards from your opponent's graveyard, which is good because it nugs out uh, Croxes and... What's the other like standard boogeyman? I'm, just, I'm trying to blank right now just thinking about it. Clerics aren't that big of a thing to be worrying about having to pick things from graveyards. Could take out dragon's approaches. But dragon's approaches is that just more of like a, a, a mean thing, JB? I mean, it is, but it's kind of stupid. Oh, so you've... I've played against it. It's fucking stupid. But, okay, well, what about uh, seventh place? Seventh place? Seventh place was uh, Assault at Control. And then eighth place, uh, we had mono red aggro. I'm looking at the salt eye control deck. There's two Polucranos unchained in the deck, and yeah, that one's a, a kind of a pain in the ass too. Yeah, that's a good Lockmare Serpent target. Yep. So maybe the primary reason for having Lock, but I mean a seven seven flash is still not a bad thing, I'd say. Right. I mean, did well enough to get them into sixth place. All right. So now on to our MTGO events. We had quite a bit of modern going on. Uh, we had a modern challenge. That went on. Uh, first place, we had Jun Death Shadow. Second place was another Jun Death Shadow. Uh, third place, we had a Living End deck, huh? Looks like it. Yeah. I am pulling it up right now. Five uh, color oh, Living yeah. End. Yeah. Yep. Living End. All this big cycling creatures. All right. Then it has the uh, Cascade Three Drops, Violent Outburst, Ardent Plea, so that way you can cycle into your living end because that's the only thing that's uh two cmc or mm-hmm. less and then you get all your uh, big cyclers back that cycle for one yep and then fourth place we had uh a blue red through the breach and let me tell you what i hate playing against that deck kind of surprised about that right yeah it's like i'm surprised that, that should like uh, when it just said blue red and i was clicking on it i'm like oh, now watch this is probably just like prowess or something you know whatever and they're like oh no helps nope, through the breach they got uh, four Valakut's Awakening. Red two, instant, put any number of cards from your hand at the bottom of your library, draw that many cards, plus one, and then it's the MBFC for, uh, it's a land that enters tapped and taps for a red. All right, and then fifth place, you hate to see it, Eldrazi Tron. Sixth place is Amulet Titan. Seventh place is Boros Burn. And eighth place, we have... Yagmoth. Yes. Is there anything new in this? Scrolling through here. Probably not. Was not really was Hapatra a uh, a thing of the deck in the OG deck that Burchett was running? Maybe. But yeah, not nothing new. Like definitely no Strixhaven stuff. I've noticed. Um, the first two Jun decks are the first one is Luris is a Luris deck. The second one I'm gonna guess is a Luris deck here as well. Yep, a Luris deck, and there is no new cards from Strixhaven. Or Keldheim at that matter. So then next up we had a modern championship. We had first place was Is It Blitz. Second place, making waves in modern is Demir Inverter. Third place, Luris deck. Uh, looks like the, yeah, it's just the Cascade and Tibble crap, whatever the hell you want to call that one. Grixis Control? No, not. Uh, it's got more to green get, oh, it's than a, anything. Oh, it's the new it's the new version of Brink the Light. They're just yeah, they're 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 forgetting they're they're not forgetting they're not using yeah uh, Niv Niv. Yep. They just got the Brink to Light package in here, so that way you can get the Valky still. Right. Man, it's ridiculous to think that Valky is like super powerful. 
Uh, no, this is not Omnath Bring to Light. There is no Omnath in this list here. Nope. Not even in the sideboard. Nope. Okay, so then fourth place we have Gruel Midrange. Fifth place is Esper Control. Sixth place we have a Primetime. It's a Gruel Primetime list. So it's just your standard Titan Valakut. Good shit. Punch you in the face. Very good. Okay, so seventh place we have a Lurus Companion, Jun Death Shadow. I don't know why they couldn't have just labeled it as Jun Death Shadow. Because it had a Lurus. And then eighth, well, the other ones did, and they were labeled. Yeah. yeah. And then eighth place, oh, looks like we got another Through the Breach. This one, I think, has, the last one didn't have Ren and Six, though, did it? Uh, No, it did not. Yeah, this one's got Ren and Six and Veil of Summer, and ooh, Weather the Storm. Finally, somebody else is playing this card besides me. <laughs> in the side, yes. mind you, in the side. Yes, well, I mean, that's where I, I have it in the side, too. But yeah, like I'm surprised that somebody else has finally picked it up, too. People are, uh, I don't know, it seems like a medical kind of deck to be having th- through the breach, right? Like what? Maybe, been a I while. don't know. Caleb been, plays it a lot. It's been a while since we've seen it uh, in a top eights. Right. Okay. So then next up, we had a modern prelim. Four old was Green Tron. And then we had a bunch of three ones with Boros Burn, Eldrazi Tron, Scape Shift. John Death Shadow, another Boros Burn, another Green Tron, and then whatever the hell this is, minus blue. Oh, it's just another Death Shadow deck. Why are they throwing white? Oh, because of the lure. sideboard. No, because the sideboard. Look at the sideboard. Oh, you got Vanishing Kai. Verse and Kai's Guile. Yeah. Oh, that's that's exciting to see Vanishing Verse, new card from Strixhaven. Mm-hmm. Making the side white black instant exile target monocolored permanent. You know. Nugs your sky or uh, skyclave apparitions. Nugs your death shadows, tarmogoyfs, snappies. You can hit a uh, prime time off of that. Mm-hmm. All good stuff. So that'll do it for our past events here. Upcoming events, we got just a couple MTGO events. Uh, we have a modern showcase qualifier on the twenty second, and on the twenty third, there's a pioneer showcase qualifier. Want to tell us about how you're doing in the? Uh... We're not going to talk about that. Okay, then. Nope, we're not going to talk about that. It'll be coming in the uh, salt section. Dick stopped. We're thinking of it. Yep. We're, 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 yep, we're not, not going to talk about it. Danny! The JB Salt how about, Lake. Uh, how, about, how about see if we have any BNRs? Nope. We no BNRs, thankfully. Even though, I don't know what would be banned. Everything. We got Wade saying, don't worry, JB. I'm sucking in the mana traders <clears> this <throat> month, too. Good. Thank God I'm not the only one floundering. Anyway. Uh... This week's blog talk comes from Kligai. I get, so with these blog talks, they've a lot of them have recently just been, hey, what about this card ability or this card ability or this card? Well, I'm just going to do this. Um, so like I said, Kligai, yeah, so what's the main obstacle for the more flipped walkers? I know a while ago, like Mark or Wati, like, yeah, we're going to stop doing the flip cards because it's the process is so hard. Um, and then they came out with MDFC. Right, um, <laughs> so Mark replied back. We're not really, we're not against more, doing more planeswalker. My guess is MDFCs. He's right. No, no, TDFCs. They're the transforming ones because they have to have a, they have to have a condition met to transform over. It's like the werewolves. Yeah. What about the Ro- Rowan and Will? Those are f- the... no, those are modal double. Phase. Yeah, those are modal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's... Yeah, you can oh, choose either side. Flip, yeah, I suppose the so flipwalkers. Like, yeah, never mind. Yeah, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, out of origins. Yep. Anyway, uh, so it, going back of that, uh, so we're not against doing 
more planeswalkers this way. Uh, we just need the right set for them. So yeah, it's more of because what was the last one that did, that did it for the flip cards? Uh, Mickey B. Never yeah, that was out of M nineteen. Yeah, there wasn't anything because Ixalan was before that, and that mm-hmm. had the, uh, yep, the transforming enchantments. Yep, we might be getting some transforming ones in the new Innistrad set coming out later this year. Right, because you know werewolves, werewolves and vampires, and vampires are yep. always about transforming. At least every yep. time we went back to Innistrad. Yeah. So, so is that Soren coming back or? Oh, you you best believe we're going to be seeing Soren at fucking Innistrad. We got we don't know if he got out of the wall. Nahiri like sealed him into the wall. Yep. So I'm assuming he got out and stuff. But still, that's going to be some good shit to see. Not a Vorthos or anything, but I do appreciate it sometimes. My question is, is Avicen going to make a return? No, she got. I know, I know she got killed, but I mean, she could return as Kill, a dark version. N- killed is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Soren is not a vampire. Soren is not a vampire, sir. He's a werewolf. No, he's not a vampire. I know that. But, uh, you don't know what I've been through? Shut up, Davey. <laughs> You're not on my level. You don't know. You're not even <laughs> close to my level. You don't know. How do they hear you from down there? Jeez. But anyways. Turn your volume up, sir. Uh, moving along to the quickies that are never quicks. Nope. They'll be quick quicks. this time. No, they won't. They're not yeah. color-coded. Yeah, they are. He no, just color-coded, so it's going to take us four hours for an update on our phones. Refresh. I can't. Well, you get the second one, JB. Danny, you get the third one. Hold on. Let me back out. I'll just reopen it. First in the news quickies, just a quick reminder that the Dr. Lair's Secret Aporium uh, the sales are going to be ending May 28th. So if you want to get any of those new Strixhaven Mystical Archive cards or any of those that they were shown, the full text lands, the uh, come yes. to our show on Friday, concert posters, get your orders in before the 28th. Still live. Mm-hmm. So then we have a Year of the Ox Challenger series for the APAC region. Yeah, because Asia Pacific's cool. They get all cool stuff. We don't. Get over it. Purchasing products or playing at events will get you a variety of Minotaur cards like Sethron, Herloon General, Morag, Fury of Akun, Oxabagonus, and two different Angrath cards. Read the link to figure out how the hell you get them, because I'm not reading the damn link. Well, you tried and you failed. Exactly. That's why I'm not doing it. A half hour ago. That's why I'm not doing it. (laughs) I I set this up just for you, JB, so you don't have to be scrolling trying to figure out what to say. Yeah, or trying to open me up, clips. sir. You're opening up links. So, anyways, uh, moving on to the last quickie we have, uh, we got the full information on Historic Anthology Five. It'll arrive on Arena May 27th through August 12th, and will cost you four four thousand gems or twenty five thousand gold. Also, in the same article, Watsi says that they're going to be doing a Predator uh, Predator's Secret Layer with five original five originals in Frexian language. Praetors. Sorry. Praetors. Elish Norn, uh, Taxius, the OG, uh, Vorn Clicks, Urbresk, they're all going to have the Frexian scripture language on the card. Nice. Like what the uh, Elish Norn judge promo was eight years ago, nine years ago, or whatever. Yeah. So moving along to the actual articles that are supposed to take a while or topics. Okay, so we got some big topics. Uh, some heavy visits. <laughs> yeah, we some, do. Some heavier topics uh, than usual. Uh, impactful so in the news section we got some uh bigger topics uh heavy hitting topics involving cards and not being sold right now the first one 
This article from bleedingcool.com talks about target stores to halt sales on all trading cards from May 14th forward. So there's this whole thing. Uh, it'll talk about it here a little more in the article. But uh, back uh, earlier on in the year, <laughs> earlier on in the year, cards were getting stolen and stores during COVID put signs up by their trading card sections where they're like limits two products, three products per customer or stuff like that. And some were putting them behind cases and stuff. But now all of them uh, are starting to stop on cards. Right now it's uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Po Pokemon, or, uh, Pokemon and MBL cards, football cards, specifically were mentioned in this sign at, at targets that say to ensure safety from our guests, for our guests and team members, effective May 14th, MBL, NFL, NBA, and Pokemon trading cards will no longer be sold in stores until further notice. The article goes on talking about following in Walmart's footsteps because they had the same thing. Target stores around the United States will no longer be selling those cards. But as of now, there's no word on whether this embargo will extend to games such as Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Digimon. But judging from the general, uh, quoting from the article here, uh, judging from the general ignorance surrounding current blanketing policies, it's safe to bet. It's a safe bet to presume that it will. This embargo will last until further notice, however, meaning that there might be an end time. However, that time is not plain, plainly in sight yet. It's because people are assholes and decide to sit and camp out and harass all the vendors oh, and just, store employees. It's, it's wasn't, it wasn't that. There's the... No, but the, that's been going on. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. And there's no way that that didn't help the situation. Like people camp out and go from store to store oh, and yeah. and stock vendors and, and oh yeah it, I, I it's don't know ridiculous. But this article is not about that. Yeah, uh, this one is saying one of the main one of the leaping points from this starting point, not starting point. It was like one of the dominoes that helped knock everything down was uh, May seventh. A man in Wisconsin pulled out a gun on a group of people in a Target parking lot uh, that was stemming from sports card limitations and stuff. So uh, luckily no shots were fired, but the Target and local Trader Joe's groceries store that was next door had to go into lockdown for upwards of an hour. Uh, therefore, why the embargo might seem absolutely outrageous to many, it makes perfect sense for the sake and safety of the company's real real retail employees. So another thing on this is online, you saw so many people talking like MTG Rocks, they covered this as well. And then there's a bunch of people on Reddit showing, taking pictures of their targets and their Walmarts and how either there's no cards there or uh, I think the professor, did the professor show one that was just like straight up, it was only magic cards at his target that hmm. he goes to. See, I saw something and I don't know, I should have clicked on it. Um, I don't know if it was Photoshopped or not, but I saw something about Walmart had... Uh, they showed a picture of like the the lock cases at Walmart, and all oh, yeah. the magic mm -hmm. cards were behind the lock case. Yep, some of them have that as well. Yeah, oh. I've I've seen them in uh, video game uh, lock boxes. Yep. There is uh, another thing noted on this, though. They're pulling them from the shelves. They're not pulling them from the stores. So like Walmart will still sell uh, MBL and Pokemon cards online. They still have them on their online uh, store, so you can get them shipped to your house. Uh, and, and as far as I was looking. Uh, no one was mentioning if there's a like local pickup, like curbside pickup, if you order the cards, like if they still have them in the back or not. Uh, right now, I think it's just safe to assume that they're only going to be doing online orders for cards. And the fact that Magic might be getting hits is pretty significant for us. You know, it's like 
they mentioned NBL, NFL, and Pokemon specifically, but these are trading cards. Like maybe these cards will go back to the LGSs where they should be. I mean, but not every. But the whole there's the argument that stems. I'm going to be the conversation online. There's not every not every town has like an oh, LGS kind no, of a thing, I, and so I people they would go to a Target or a Walmart, and then they'd be able to pick up their packs mm-hmm. of cards. Now they're no longer going to be selling it; they have to order online. And you know, there's people that just don't want to support ordering online from Amazon. I mean, you could again order online from Target or Walmart to have it delivered there, but yep. that's, that, that's on that. As compared to us being greedy millennials that just want our cards right away. I mean, this spans more than millennials. I, I, I get that. That's a very general, a broad statement I made there. But uh, Wade, we, I I have no idea. I guess I should have asked my wife this morning when she was at Target. But let's see. I I, uh, I was in Target last week. Uh, I was in Target just before the announcement was made for this, and the card uh, the card stock uh, at Target in Fargo was low. Uh, they had some. Uh, Strict saving stuff. All the commander decks were gone. There's a couple packs. Uh, MBL was there. Pokemon just had a couple. There was like no Chilling Rain. Chilling Rain is like the newest Pokemon set. Yeah, it, it was. There wasn't a much. It wasn't much there. I haven't been to the WalMarts yet, Wade. So I cannot attest locally to that. WalMart's been bare for. WalMart's long always bare. Fucking time. WalMart's bare because everyone uh, shoplifts. Yeah, yep. they camp out. And, no, it's not. No, not even that. They literally take a pack, walk around the store, open it up, put the cards in their pockets, and drop the the sleeves or the wrapping summers on a shelf and just walk out. But there's even more elaborate schemes than that uh, on on Reddit. Reading oh, the some repackers? of this stuff. Yeah, was yeah. I telling you about the repackers? No, I, I've I've seen pictures on Facebook. People are like, hey. This pack looks like it's been restuffed with stuff that's not even supposed to be in there. <laughs> I got a repack story. So oh. uh, we went to Walmart on 13th, my son and I. Sketchy. And uh, yeah, that's this your is, that's no, your no, first mistake. Right? Right? The 13th Walmart. We were, we were living at the apartment. It was the closest to us. I didn't Still. want to go to 52nd. Anyways, so we go there to pick up some groceries and Casper is behaving. And I'm the kind of guy that's like, hey. You behave, I'll get you a pack of Pokemon cards because I want to encourage him to play Pokemon or get into card games like his old man. Expensive. So we get there. Uh, we get there, picks up a pack. I can't remember the pack. I think it was uh, Thunderfists or whatever, Thunderclap. I... And okay. we get home, and it's so it's a Walmart pack, and they always come in these plastic, or, uh, cardboard packaging. Yep. Inside is the pack itself. We come home, open it up. It seemed fine. He opens the pack, and inside the pack was just magic carps and water energies. Nothing else. So the the wow. thing is, is, people are so good at resealing. It's they melt the glue off of the cardboard to get into the pack, open the pack, take the cards out, and then restuff it, reseal the bag, put it back in the cardboard. And what they do is they bring it back to Walmart saying, hey, look, I haven't opened the pack. I want a refund. This is supposed to be for my kid. It's the wrong pack. And then they get a refund. So they get the cards, they get their money back, and then the pack goes back on the shelf for yep. some schmuck like me to get it for their you son. Just, you just go online. Who then gets magic carps. Just a whole pack of, of magic carps. Once again, this is why you buy from an LGS. Yeah. And, and there's also the other scams that were getting very talked about uh, in, in the fall. We remember, I, I think we covered it 
one point, did we? Where Maybe. people would be taking draft booster packs at like a Walmart or a Target, and then they'd be like one draft pack and then like four collector packs because they're selling collector packs there. And people would scan the draft pack five times. Oh, yep. And they would get uh, $12 or whatever for the collector boosters, and the collector boosters like $20 each. So they got yep. a lot of good value. They just straight up blatantly stole from them in that manner. And when you count it up like that, so like 20 bucks uh, a pack or 15 whatever a collector booster is, multiply that by four, that is $60 that they're losing. That's 80 If they're growing 15 yeah. 60 or $80 at a time some people could get even more greedy like they're going to be losing a lot of money having to restock that and they're not making that money back because between uh 3.99 and 20 dollars is a lot of money that they're getting there like, oh yeah they're, they're yep. spending on the collector boosters and then it's like oh we're not getting the money back of course we're going to just not sell this anymore yeah i don't know it's 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 definitely one thing that target and walmart make no money on because they can't because their price is set like obviously everything else, they can do whatever the fuck they want. But I think I think it's like what five percent they get on top, if yeah, that. I have no idea. So five percent on three dollars is fifteen cents. You're really good at math. <laughs> it's not that hard. I suck at math. But anyways, yeah, like margins are small. Of course, they're going to be cutting something like this. Maybe and, even smaller than that. Who knows? And again, with the fact that they're still selling them online, is okay like they're not fully out of getting uh allocations from distributors and stuff they're still going to be getting mlb's pokemon again it's not fully confirmed if magic is going to be one of these ones on there but i feel it's it most likely will yeah how everything's going like because you can you can throw a rock last week without hitting a post about oh target's now out of cards they're all yeah they're always out always so it's i don't know I'd just rather have go to the LGS and buy cards there than Walmart. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like I, the, I think the most often not what I buy from like Walmart, Target are like the hey, get this three cards, with the random three packs. Like I'll just get those and just pull some crazy cards out. But anyways, enough topic on that or enough on that sh- topic. Shit, shenanigans. You gonna move to the next one? Sure. Okay. Let's get off Walmart. Yes, because Walmart sucks takes too much money yes all right so last week this is the thing that's making magic players uh talk. heavy heavy hitting topic but, yeah last week on magic.gg watsi uh released an article esports transitions and getting back to the gathering i'll uh, go through reading this article it's not too long as the world looks to a post-COVID future, so too are we looking toward the next iteration of Magic's competitive play system, one that recaptures the magic of the gathering we've all missed so dearly while expanding play opportunities to a, to a wider audience. Ply dri- ply. <laughs> play drives everything we do, from your local group or store all the way through the world championships. We aim to refocus on a play system for everyone as the world opens up again and gathering becomes a real possibility. So, today, uh, this article was announced May 13th of last week. So, today, we're going to explore two things. The vision for the future focused on fostering Magic's explosive player growth, creating border access, and opening widespread play opportunities. That word is broader. Broader. I said border, didn't I? Yes. Creating broader access and opening widespread play opportunities. And the plan 
the plan to help us transition the current system through the 2021 to 2022 season and into that future. Back to the gathering. Several years back, we made a significant commitment to Magic Esports uh, back in 2018, introducing the biggest prize pools we've ever had, creating some of the most thrilling events we've had to date, creating a professional league, a professional level league, and incorporating digital play in unique and exciting ways that give, gave viewers a new way to experience Magic. And just as we began forming plans to build that build on that promise with expanded play, expanded reach beyond the most elite leagues, COVID sent us back to the drawing board. As a result, we've spent quite a bit of time imagining what our post-COVID system is going to look like. Quote, uh, while we're not ready to publish the details for the 2022-2023 season and beyond, we did think it was important to share our current thoughts on that future. As we re-manage our play programs, we are holding these truths at the forefront of all of our planning. There are several bullet points here. The first one is in-person play is a unique strength for Magic, and we need to learn lean into that. That means local tournaments, large regional tournaments, and high-level in-person events. Next one is digital play is here to stay, but is only part of the equation. We've seen great players rise from the digital ranks, and we've seen what's possible with digital events. Expect the future to hold a mix of digital and in-person events. Next, we have accessibility is important, and that means broader access to play. We're looking at everything from local events and the success, the success, and success. the success of command fests to creating even more levels of play that are open to a broader swath of players. A larger audience means more type of events. We need to be patient. Uh, next reason. While we're optimistic for the future when we can gather, we also have to be realistic that high-level Magic tournaments combine traveling, close contact indoors, and sharing airspace for a long period of time, all traits that create difficulties during a pandemic. We will focus on local, regional, and digital events until we can safely gather. Final point, flexibility is important as we reestablish tabletop play. Our system may need regular updating as play and travel becomes safer. All that means is we're itching to get back to large celebrations in the Magic community, but we will wait until it's safe to do so. So, that is for 2022 to 2023. That's the future after this season here, which is the 2021-2022. And it covers the 2021-2022 uh, season right here, stating, Before we can implement our new version for play, we need to successfully transition from the current system in the upcoming season, the 2021-2022 Season's primary goals are to sunset the current system of play and allow us freedom and flexibility to create a new play system for the future. Along the way, the season will see a reduced total number of events for our rivals and Magic Pro Leagues. All this will accumulate in postseason play and a world championship. While we're excited for these events, this structure is not meant to be a template for the future. So here's what that'll look like. The existing set championship structure will remain in place. Again, this is for the 2021-2022 season, which is 15 more months. Uh, we will increase the prize pool and updating prize structure compared to the strict save and championship. Set championships will feature prize pools of $450,000 per event over three events. League weekends and the gauntlet will not run in 2021-2022. This will be the final season for the Magic Pro and Rivals Leagues. 
players will not be competing for another league season. Instead, they'll be competing for a place in the World Championship. Uh, the World Championship will feature a prize pool of $250,000. Individual event details will be shared as we move closer to those events. Total player fees will remain unchanged. We will open up we will also be using the transition season to update our digital qualification paths as we move back towards a more open, less top-heavy system. We're looking to potentially reflect that in our digital qualification options. Stay tuned. Uh, final conclusions here. What comes next is the gathering. That's our guiding star as we look to the future. We aim to return to in-person play as soon and safely as possible. We hope that sooner rather than later, in the meantime, we'll be working toward a flexible transition to something that feels more familiar and features something we've been all missing, sitting across the table from someone playing Magic. All right, so that's the that's everything. That's a lot to unpack there, but the biggest thing that people are taking away is the MPL and Rivals League is going away, and the structure is going to be changing. Like, essentially, that's it that everyone's, like, getting in on. So, Danny, JB, thoughts? I already told you my thoughts. Not on air. But good. Because we were talking earlier, it's, what, 75 people that are in the MPL? Yeah, 70. Just, uh, 24 and 46. Yeah. So, if you go back to the GPs, how many people play in the GPs on average? GPs could have, like, 1,000 players, I think. I don't know exact numbers. Pretty big. Exactly. Like this this is gonna get this is gonna wait or this is gonna get everyone away from absolutely net decking. Like, oh this person played this deck for this tournament that happens every week. Oh this this he won again with this little change, so we have to do that now. It gets rid of everyone playing the same ten decks or fifteen decks. Like I mean, that's always going to happen. I, You're always going to have is. people that are meta surfers. Well, yeah, for sure. But, like, it's broadcast weekly and what everyone's playing. Like, I don't know. It's It just it also just gives people more opportunity to actually get noticed rather than having the same 75 people play. Because really, the, what, the pro league, they're playing against each other. Yeah, they're playing. Every single event, they're playing against each other. To try and lock into world, it's it's like watching. It's like going to your LGS every week and watching the same guys play against each other player. It gets kind of boring as a as a player and not really. Yeah, as a player, like okay, well, these two guys are gonna win every week. Okay, well, it just gets no matter what you do, they always win, kind of thing. It's like okay, well, now it's just really boring. I'd rather go watch something else. You're definitely not the only one thinking that watching the league weekend is boring. I know, uh, first off, a lot of people online have been saying, yeah, league weekend is boring and it's so confusing because it's like, again, they're they're playing, the the, the top level players, like uh, Rivals is working to get to the MPL, MPL is working to stay in the MPL, and then there's like the gauntlet people before that were trying to get into Rivals and move up that way and the, the tree to get in there, it's like little new face little amount of new faces coming in to try and like yeah. shake that up and well, uh yeah you're but, not the only one that said, thinks that watching that is boring how many times have you watched league weekend either zero never i tried to watch it one time uh because it was like nothing else was going on I'm like i'll watch the league weekend and it was okay 
I don't know, like you get some weird moments, like the moment where uh, Brad Nelson came in, (laughs) he was losing, and his opponent was Brian Braduin, who lives with him, and he went to the other room and was trying to get him to do like a force concede. It was a funny manner, I guess, and stuff, but yeah, like that's that's the highlight kind of a thing there. Yeah. And most, and most of it's on arena. So it's like, hey, well, they're mm-hmm. playing arena. And fucking boring. Now, that seems to be a big thing. Is like, uh, th- th- I guess maybe that's a topic for another day on like arena and magic being an esports, an esport and stuff. Arena being boring to view and things that get brought up recently is spectator mode. But uh, we're talking the transition of season. So MPL is gone. That's going to save magic a lot of money. So they had 70 people there that were getting paid up to $75,000 a year. They were on yep. salary. Watsi was yep. giving them money. And uh, that's like $2.4 million a mm-hmm. year. So yeah, Hasbro, uh, Hasbro or I guess now Watsi themselves since they're uh, – geez, I can't remember the exact term. It's not – they're not a subsidiary, but they're like bigger than that. They're their own entity but still attached to Hasbro. But they looked at the numbers – and saw that they weren't making money. Their ROI on the right or on the MPL was not worth what they were putting into it because it's more than two point four mil. Because you know they'd also have to pay the oh, commentators yep, yep, that would yep. come in and yeah. hosting, and then there was always fuck ups. Like this last weekend, uh, the fuck up that happened is people submitted for standard or people they were supposed to play historic. No, they were supposed to play standard. It was standard. And, yeah, and they, people, it was, they were supposed to play standard, and then when the time came. The format was historic, so no one could play. No, or, the thing was, or, people were the standard decks were playing against historic decks. Oh yeah, like, that's there was like we, a time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they 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 messed that up and they tried to fix it. And we talked last la- not last week. Yeah, yeah, last week was about arena and their fuck up, and they gave experience to people that. Did you ever sign up for that JB to get your experience? By the way, no, I haven't put the, I haven't put the code in. Anyways, fucking yeah, waste four thousand gems. Yeah, fucking their shit. There were Watsi's work on having a system that doesn't have issues on a weekend would be good. And if they can take that money, which is okay. So that's, that's the thing is like now with this money that they're getting, not having to spend towards the uh, MPL and with their hopes of like what they said here in, let me scroll up in person play. Let's see, where is it specifically talking about regions, but they were talking about like, uh, professional magic incorporating digital. Scroll down. Was it scroll down? As we lean into that, it means more local tournaments, large regional tournaments, and high level of in-person events. So the GPs, right? GPs, uh, PTs, but players tours like their names aren't going to be the same. Blake well, Rasmussen yeah, yeah. later that day when this uh, later on the thirteenth came out on Twitch and had like a big Q and A session and was talking about different things, but. Mm-hmm. Watsi's hope does seem to be incorporate. One of the things he did talk about was uh, when it came to local events is having like, you know, uh, none of this has worked out this, uh, before, I guess, before I uh, jump into that. Everything right now that they're mentioning is not set in stone. Watsi well, just pretty yeah. much is saying, hey, everything is changing. We're not giving you any information on what's coming in the future. And people are worried about that. That yeah. is the thing. People are like, okay, you're taking away this thing that kind of sucked. We're fine with that, but you're not giving us anything to replace it. Yeah. And my argument to that is like, 
if this is going to be big events and stuff like how channel fireball events was doing its stuff for the command fests and yep. for the magic fests and gps and all those things yep. i imagine there's a crap ton of contracts and non-disclosure uh, agreements that have to be made oh for sure so that way there's no like inter-business sniping of tournament organizers like oh the sudden star city comes out and it's like we're doing this instead or yep. if up-and-comer insight gaming comes and is like no nah, we're gonna do this kind of thing yeah i imagine they can't tell us a lot like even what they're working on is because there's contracts that are getting signed through yeah yeah for no, something this big especially all, yeah when all the lines have to be signed before they can announce anything but right. it's just it's just a way of saying hey it's like you're saying it's everyone who's left on the cliffhanger is who's getting pissed off it's like yeah, the pros online on Twitter, they're not necessarily they're, they're 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 still getting their money. The pros who are on Twitch, they're still getting their money. Um I was reading blog talks earlier this week and Mark said something about that. It's like, yeah, the those who are on Twitch who are streaming professionally are still getting sponsored. They're still yeah. getting their money. Martin uses still got channel fireball behind him. LSP yeah, does. so everyone else has Brad their Nelson sponsors up, so they're still getting their money. It's not like they're gonna be broke for the next year right it's it's just them not spending millions of dollars on the same 75 people every weekend what uh in the q a that blake rasmussen did it was uh he, he mentioned that they're no longer supporting the magic pro lifestyle so yeah which is good people have been complaining about it for years so, so the argument on this, so I guess I want to get both of your takes, is people are like, okay, if Watsi's not going to be supporting the magic lifestyle of pro play, like, what good is it to be trying to get into higher levels of play if there's no, like, like that aspiration? So... I know I got my stances, but, like, let's hear you. So with, with, uh, so you can look at any professional sport out there. It's not... The sport that they play is where they get money. It's all the sponsors where they get their money. Okay, so you get a golfer, in instance, you get your clothes sponsored, you get your club sponsored, you get your car sponsored, you get your hotel sponsored, everything else is all from other sponsors. Okay, well, the streamers are getting from Channel Fireball, Star City, TCG, MT Goldfish, Ultra Pro, Ultimate Guard. Everything answer. that's not Watsy. So it's okay for Watsy not to sponsor someone, which they shouldn't because they are the umbrella or the floor or whatever you want to say, whatever analogy you want to use. But they shouldn't be sponsoring anyone. As the actual card maker, you shouldn't be sponsoring anyone. So it's like, I guess, basketball-wise, NBA is sponsoring LeBron James. Just LeBron. That's a multi-billion-dollar company. How so? Uh, I, I'm not much into sports. How does like NBA, NFL, and things like that? They make money themselves. The teams make money themselves. Like those are two different yep. things. Like NBA and the Clippers, two different things. Yep. Does the NBA pay the Clippers any money for setting up tournaments or like who NBA itself? They're the ones that set up the brackets. They're the organization. To, yeah, they're the organization. They set up the organized play. Yep. Okay, so what how financial incorporation stuff does that have with the Clippers in this example? Like, do they give... Financially? Yeah. Nothing, I don't think. Okay, so the Clippers don't get money from the NBA at all no. for, like, showing up to play their games. No. There's no... 
There's no like contract keeping them in well, something Well, yeah, like there that? is, like, but I don't think there's much. Okay. Like, so just being part of the NBA yep. is, is just what's keeping them in and playing and then keeping their sponsors going because, you know, they're, I mean, sponsorships is what make, it's all advertisement when it yeah, comes to sports. Yeah, exactly. Nike. And it's the same thing with Adidas, with this. It's Gatorade. Exactly. So the WotC shouldn't be sponsoring anyone. But it's, as a pro player for like this or a golf, they have to go find their sponsors or be good enough to be a sponsor to come up and say, hey, I'll sponsor you to do this. Just like us. We, we had to go to Josh and say, hey, do you want to sponsor us? It's like we're not getting sponsored by Magic. Man. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not the ones that are like going into those organi- or into those tournaments. We're we're on the bottom of the totem pole. Like I'm I don't just, even. Th- I think we're in the ground. Like I said, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, but it's just like one of those things. Like the big organizations should, or the big organizations should not be sponsoring any player at any time. Okay, if you're good, have one of the tier two companies sponsor you. So a company that works for the big company. Or a few steps below. I don't know. It's just uh, stuff like that. Find your own sponsor. Don't have Watsy do it. JB? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's good that they're getting rid of something that's stale and boring as fuck. Yep. But, you know, they they need to replace it with something. Are you the, the pessimist in this? Or are you optimistic that something, is, something good is going to come out of what the future holds? Because they haven't given any information on what the 2022-2023 season is going to look like. Right now, the only thing that I said we know is 2021-2022 season is just going to be done next next year. 15 months. The big of end of the year event. Mm-hmm. Worlds. Yep. World Championships. And that's going to be done. And I don't know. 15 months seems like a good amount of time. Like I don't know how long they were talking for the MPL to get the MPL like organized and the gauntlets and stuff. But like, even when that got set up, COVID set things behind and made it even rough. But it's like, how, how much can a company be riding on COVID fucking shit up and stuff? Well, like they, like, they maybe... couldn't, but that's just what I'm sure they were on. They were hoping, obviously they weren't hoping for COVID to ever to happen. Right. But they were probably planning on sitting and riding the MPL for a very long time. I don't know. I don't, because like, MPL was all going to be digital play. Yep. Like the uh, the, pro- the professor had a video today that brought up a good point. And like MPL was going to be digital the whole time and play. There's no going to be mm-hmm. like paper play. Everyone's going to do it on arena. And so you think something like that would be good for COVID times. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, everyone's at home, digital play, keep away well, yeah, from each no, other. No, I get that. Yeah. But it's still the fact that I'm sure if it weren't for, if COVID didn't happen and they'd still gone to magic arena, they just still pick it back off arena for the longest time possible. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, they, again, they did say digital magic is here to stay, so that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they just need more tech support. Yeah, how that's going to work, especially. I mean, we're 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 North Dakota or not? We're North American uh, locally, and we don't know. I don't know anything about like European tournament organizers or. Japanese tournament organizers or Australian tournament organizers and how that stuff like is there Star City Channel Fireball that does things over there and allows those people to play 
I like it. Are they? I want to know because local, regional, and all that stuff. Dan, hit us up. Let us know if Card Market hits uh, sets up your guys' tournaments or who sets their tournaments tournaments up in Europe, or I should say, Great Britain or United Kingdom, whatever you call it. Anywhere across the pond. Yep. But yeah, I I don't know. I think it's really good because yeah, it, it gives everyone else. Like we we're saying, like if GPs come back or a variation of the GP, that's really where Wizard just made a lot of money. Think about it, like how much merchandise they sold at a GP. I've never been to a GP. I know we were talking about going to the Minneapolis one before COVID crashed. So I, I don't know. It gives because like our buddy Gavin, he what placed first or second in one of the GPs. Uh, a TCG regional. A regional. There we go. Yeah, but. So, I don't know. I think I'm definitely excited for more local uh, support. One of the things on the live stream, I'll link the whole video. If you guys are interested to watch it, I think it's really good. Blake answers a bunch of bunch of questions and gives like ideas of what if he's talking about it. Clearly, something has been brought up that's in that vein, and that's where this thing I'm going to talk about comes up from. Is Blake was talking about uh, store champions and stuff where stores play and then like the champion could like play against each other. And then there'd be, could be like rewards of having a etched card or a plaque kind of a thing. Like they're not just like, those are things clearly that have been tossed around. You can't tell me that he's going to come on onto Twitch and talk about, we don't know the plan, but if we did, or if we had an idea, this is kind of the stuff he's not thinking that stuff on the uh, top of his tongue. He was talking, he was in a meeting before that they were talking about things these are things that they're talking about having plaques champion yep. s- store champions playing against each other. The possibilities could be very good locally. And that's for competitive play or, and casual play. And when I say casual play, it's typically going to be EDH play because EDH is the casual format. Oh yeah. Well, didn't last, not last summer, but two summers ago that happened around here. I thought we had North Dakota Lake or was that Minnesota with uh, Lake Air, Lake area gaming. That did that, where they had like the traveling tournament. Oh no, I think that was just like a group of people from. Was it? Yeah, Lakes area that came up to Fargo just to play, and then we went over to Altima. And well, no, because where they had them, like, I think it was North Dakota, where it was here, Minot, Bismarck, unless I was pool, I'm thinking of, but. <laughs> but you the know, lines it, it are was, getting blurred. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, well, it's shop shop pro or shop champion kind of thing but no yeah that would make sense but then you'd have to worry about the whole covid stuff and people being around people who are usually not against or around so right but i don't know it, it's a good idea for sure i know i'm i'm the optimistic guy i guess to to close out this segment here i'm optimistic on what they're gonna do i know a lot of people online watsi hasn't really shown in the past that they're good at anything yeah and i guess i i guess i'm the kind of guy that's like it's fine with getting smacked and like yes sir may i have another if that's the case or insert whatever analogy like that but i'm optimistic that watsi because before when they were making things these MPLs and stuff, they weren't this larger branch of Hasbro. Now they are. They're wizards in digital gaming. And Hasbro stuff. has fucked them over. 
but they're split off now. They got more. They should have more control. I'm having high hopes Still, that there's going to be something like if you got if I'm going to feel com- more comfortable knowing that people who love the game are making these rules instead of like Hasbro higher ups. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't know how corporations and stuff fully work, but from my understanding, when they like split off, they have like their more they have more self control than having like Hasbro full oversight. If I'm understand, if I'm wrong, please let me know, uh, listeners, to 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 correct me and shit. But if they have more control, like Hasbro, we need to get a Lockheed on here again. He, yeah, he would, he, would stra- he would straighten you out real quick. You know, let's get Stu back on Lockheed and Stu, and see if we can get any of the any of the other friends over at the Magic Financial Aid right. Podcast or uh, Discord group. Yep, but yeah, no, I I, I get what you're saying, uh, and I'm not 100 percent sure on how that power control goes. Obviously, Hasbro still has complete control over Wizards if they wanted right. it, but yeah, just that little bit of time where Hasbro took over just fucked everything over. I'm optimistic. I'll say all it first. St- all start of the secret layers. Well, I mean, this is another thing that was brought up. It's like, I don't know. This will be another thing of secret layers. It's like, hey, they realize this is where people are like, oh, they realize that they can sell cards more directly and not have to worry about competitive play. You know, they're making their money off the the whales and the people who are pimping out their decks, bringing out their decks and not really the competitive scene. It's like, I don't know about that. But anyways. Well, they were playing to the commanders. The EDH players. I mean, it is it is the EDH players that are doing a lot of stuff. Another, I guess, one more thing here. One more thing. Uh, from a Twitter from Mark Rosewater, a tweet from Mark Rosewater the, uh, on Friday, Saffron Olive tweeted, if you can line up every Magic player from most in franchise to least, what do you think the median player would look like? My guess, it's very likely someone who has never heard of me or any MTG content producer never watched a tournament, and does not do MTG social media. Mark Rosewater replied, 100%. For example, less than 10% of Magic players have ever played in a sanctioned tournament event. And sanctioned tournament events are regionals or FNMs even. Anything that you use your uh, WPN code, or your, yeah, your WPN yeah, account number. DCI. Before, DCI, there we go. Before too, that, too, yeah, I was gonna say, too bad that's no longer. Yeah, before right. that's no longer thing. So, th- their new incorporation is gonna clearly have the Wizards account with, uh, like they got Event Link. Like we've been talking about their works the on Event companion Link. Companion app. Yeah. Yep. We, we talked about that and stuff like that's gonna be how events are gonna be registered, noted, and stuff like that going forward. They they're not gonna be working on a beta like they have been for the last year, and not have pl- big plans for it. And I don't know, we've used it a couple times for uh, the weekend Discord League and shit worked fine. But anyways, uh, 10% of players played in the sanctioned event. Those numbers are bonkers to think about. Like that just goes to say that the casual scene, the people that go to these, go to fests just to play EDH in the back or trade cards and stuff like that and not actually compete. That's it's a big scope. Like we knew that casual players were the vast majority of the magic scene yeah and you know us schmucks are outnumbered those Um, that are enfranchised oh yeah for sure well are we enfranchised we have a podcast about magic i'd say we're enfranchised we can't paid for it we care for we are getting paid we got patrons i'm not getting paid i'm not getting paid Money's money's going back into the podcast but we're still monetizing this 
I feel sorry. So we are paying for it. We're enfranchised players, and we've all played at an F and M. Yeah. So yeah, the numbers are weird like that, and just wanted to toss that in there. Let's see, what time are we sitting at? Hour twenty eleven. Hour twenty three. All right. Well, I think we can talk about some weekly winners from here. Then run over them really quick. And then we'll talk a deck of the week since we didn't get one last week. Cha-ching! So first off, in the weekly winners, an amazing article brought to us by mtgstocks.com. Comes out every Friday. They talk about three cards that are moving up, moving up in price that they want us to know about and three cards that are moving down in price that they want us to know about. First one is Savra, Queen of the Golgari. Now jumping up 661%, chilling at $25.88. Both versions of this, the Ravnica Allegiance? No, that's original Ravnica, sir. Oh, the Guild Kits is the other one. So yeah, Guild Kits and Ravnica, original Ravnica printings are spiking up just in the average price. You can find the market price on these cards for around 6 bucks. the Ravnica version. The Guild Kits version you can find at a market price for at a market price for nine dollars and sixty eight cents. But uh, yeah, the average price moving up is this could be a speculation kind of a buyout. So uh, Witherbloom from Strixhaven, yeah, it's Belladros, Dina Soulsteeper, Valentine, Dina the Vane are all popular commander cards that are moving cards like this up in price. Uh, counterspell, since it got mentioned, uh, blue, blue, instant, counter target spell, the classic of all classic cards. This is weekly winner number two. Jumped up 164%, now chilling at $5.71. The Mercadian Masks printing specifically. Uh, and this one has a crap ton of printings, all ranging from different prices of uh, Strixhaven Archives from $41, $15, all the way down to $2 from a 4th edition one or Ice Age Counterspell. You're able to find a bunch of different versions of this. But uh, since it got announced of coming in modern, the Counterspell, all Counterspells are speculated to be moving up in price. Mercadian Mask, Tempests, they're moving up uh, 200%, 100%. And obviously, Judge Promo, Amonkent Evocation, and other sp- special prints are going to be moving up as well. Uh, final weekly winner, but the weekly winner is Wellspring. This is a green-white one enchantment aura. You enchant land. When Wellspring enters the battlefield, gain life, gain control of enchanted land until end of turn. At the beginning of your upkeep, untap enchanted land. You gain control of that land until end of turn. Here's the battlefield. Gain control of the land. Beginning of your upkeep, untap it. You gain control of that land until end of turn. So you're always gaining it back? How does this card work? Originally printed from Mirage, and it's the only printing. My computer's being very slow right now. Oofta. Uh, perhaps this card is a gap in my knowledge, but personally, I've never seen it before. Correct. Uh, this is quoting from the article here. Wellspring is on the reserve list, meaning this card will never be reprinted again. And thus, we see these cards move up in price occasionally for no good reason. With Wellspring, there occasionally is a reason why it's moving up, and it has to do with the spoilers of Modern Horizons 2. Ah. So this week, we saw Urza's Saga, the Enchantment Land Urza's Saga type 
Uh, so you always get it on chapter one. Land. You enchant the land. Yeah. You you enchant the land, gain control of the land at the beginning of each of your. Oh, it says you lose control. How do you lose control? At the end reading, of your turns, you lose control of it. I was reading the oracle text. The oracle text is so confusing. So when it enters the battlefield, gain control of that land until end of turn. So, oh, until end of turn. So it goes to somebody else. Okay. Yeah, it goes back to the original owner. Yeah, so it enters, you enchant a land. Oh, man. I missed you that part. You gain control that, of enchanted land. That went way over my head there. And then now at the beginning of your end step, you lose that land. Okay, so uh, with Urza Saga, uh, possibility we'll see more of these cards in the set, meaning Wellspring may become a decent commander card. Now, that being said, I'm fairly certain the price is mainly uh, dedicated to reserveless, reserveless status of the card rather than the real playability of this. Because, yeah, if you're end of turn, you're losing it. It's going over to another person. You're going to be hitting those saga, those chapters quicker, and it's just going to go to the graveyard sooner. I don't know what good reason it is for that so yeah well you could also steal it to because some of those sagas like the chapter three hits hard okay well on this obviously obviously not all the sagas are lands but if they're doing saga lands like this or enchantment lands it could get pretty gruesome yeah yeah i'd be interested to see a deck with that that's for sure but uh we have an update uh, I imagine this is going to be a thing that continues to happen now that fetch land, uh, enemy colored fetch lands are going to be reprinted. And here we have a fetch land update that says, and now the segment you've all been waiting for, or at least, well, you didn't know I was going to include it. So it's the segment you didn't even know you wanted. With fetch lands seeing reprints in Modern Horizon 2 and also in the Secret Layer series, we've seen some downtrends so far. So these are all of the uh, enemy fetch land so verdant catacombs on a downtrend the all the prices uh market prices are 70 74 77 dollars arid mesas you can find for 47 45 or 49 dollars marsh flats 45 46 or 51 dollars misty rainforest one of the most popular ones that everybody wants 76 73 or 82 dollars and Scolding Tarn at $72, $70, or $79. And these are all cards that were just like a couple weeks ago were just skirting like five plus dollars more than what they are now. So yeah, just with the promise of Fetchlands, these are moving down, and I'm excited. We talked about it the other week, how you know having multiple variations of these are definitely going to be driving down the prices. Everyone's going to be able to get some Fetchlands in their hands. Finally. But JB, tell us about these cheap pickups. Okay, so first up we have Muxus Goblin Grandee coming on a jump start. Uh, sits at $19.33 and slowly trending down. Oh, I want to point in here real quick. There was an announcement that another print wave of Jumpstart has been released out into the wild. So Jumpstart coming back, and uh, you should be able to find some products, some bo- uh, the booster boxes if you're interested in them. To those that waited this long, bless your patience. I am one of them. Danny, time for you to get your Alice or a Shepherd. Hopefully cheaper. No, she won't go cheaper. As soon as more open, maybe. But, you know, she's, Magic she's players... super rare. Magic players do have a price memory. They see a card at whatever price high, and it's like, even if it gets opened, it'll still move back up to that one price. Like, Oh, yeah, $110. J- Jace the Mind Sculptor, a good exa- example of that. It's like... It always was moving up towards a hundred bucks, but now, damn, you're getting printed to the dirt. Is it finally like you know 
fifty bucks pretty consistently instead of one hundred and fifty. I wish it was one hundred fifty so I can sell mine. Missed that train. I know. Next cheap pickup, JB. All right, so the next cheap pickup we have Sliver Legion out of Time Spiral Remastered, sitting at thirty eight dollars fifty seven cents, and it's slowly trending down. And then last but not least, we have Ashaya Soul of the Wild from Zendikar Rising, sitting at $6.77, and it is stabled out. Good card. If you want to pick up these good cards, Danny, where can they get them from? Or what tool can they use to help be smarter? TCG Sniper. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, JP, what do they do on TCG Sniper? I don't know, Matt. What do they do on TCG Sniper? We're we're, we're playing this game? Mm Mm-hmm. We always play games. I'm still not upgraded, so I don't know what they do. Oh my god. TCG Sniper is an amazing resource where you can enter uh, TCG player links into TCG Sniper, set a desired price to get notified if the card that you inserted is going up or down. You'll get notified, and then you click the link, you buy the card, or you can sell the card when you get notified, and you're just a happy Magic player. Yay. Making money or making the most out of your money. Or you can make money. Yeah. You can make money. With a new option. Uh, if you guys go and sign up, the, there's a free there's a free account. You get five cards to enter in. But if you sign up and mention that us, the guys over at This Weekend MTG sent you, just anyway, say, hey, This Weekend MTG sent us over here. You will get three months free of their plus membership, where you get fifty cards to enter in. It's a super. It's, it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Three months just yeah. by mentioning our name to them. Yeah, especially if you're looking for the new cards coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've already started seeing uh, Strixhaven cards move down pretty significantly now that they're getting out into the wild. Yep, getting played. The ex, God Exodus, whatever that Mardu MDFC one is, where it's the spell on the back that makes three five demon that's a anyways that's a card that's shown up in standard in a prominent mardu style deck so oh the one that makes that avatar or whatever yeah that three six avatar three six i said three five didn't i yeah yeah three five three six but you know is it exodus is his name uh, i can't remember I thought that, it was but i know what you're talking about i thought it was something biblical I, yeah because i played against it yeah and it's, it's up- stupid it's a good deck that's moving up. So if you put that card into TCG Sniper to get notified when that card moves up in price and you got like 10 of them and all of a sudden they're now at like $10. I don't know. What are they at? I, I can't remember the name. I don't even know how to look it up. From there, let's talk about a deck of the week. Which one are we doing? I don't know. I'll let you guys pick. I, just, I gave options. Danny, do you have any choices? Otherwise, I'm picking. I haven't even looked at them. Cool. You said you had your choice made. I do have my choice made. I didn't even look at them. So, JB did some extra legwork this week, which... He did. Bless his little heart. So, this week for Deck of the Week, we have a Turbo Footfalls Legacy deck. And one of the main reasons why I picked this is because I want to rip this deck apart so badly. But before we get to that, this card... This card. This deck has four Elvish Spirit Guides... Green 2, 2 2 uh, spirit that reads Exile Elvish Spirit Guide from your hand, add green. Four of those, and then there's four Simeon Spirit Guides where it's a 2 and a red for a 2 2. You exile Simeon Spirit Guide from your hand and you add red. So there's four of each of those. There are four hull breachers, two and a blue, 3 2 flash. If an opponent would draw on a card except their first one, they draw each turn. 
of their draw steps. Instead, you create a treasure token. There's four of those. Four shardless agents. Blue, green, one, two, two, human robe with cascade. And then there's a single, a freet flame, uh, flame painter. New card from Strixhaven. Red three for a one, four, a freet shaman with double strike. When a freet flame spinner deals combat damage to a player, you may cast target or instant target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost if that spell would be put into the graveyard exile it instead there are four crashing footfalls a no mana cost sorcery was suspend four for a single green so rather than cast this card from your hand you may pay green and exile it with four time counters on it at the beginning of your upkeep remove a time counter when the last one is removed cast it without paying its mana cost when you cast it, you create two 4-4 green rhino creature tokens with trample. There's a single Wheel of Fates, no mana cost, sorcery. Suspend four for red one. And then each player discards their hand, then draw seven cards. Four Force of Will, blue-blue three instant. You may pay one life and exile a blue card from your hand. Rather than pay Force of Will's mana cost, you counter target spell. Four Misdirection, Blue, blue, three, instant. Exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay misdirections mana cost. Change the target of target spell with a single target. And then you have four violent outbursts. Green, red, one, instant, cascade. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, till end of turn. There are four ardent pleas. Blue, white, one, enchantments exalted so whenever a creature you control attacks alone it gets plus one plus one till end of turn and then it has cascade and then there are three or there's one as foretold which is blue two enchantment beginning of your upkeep put a time counter on as foretold once each turn you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a spell you cast with converted mana cost x or less where x is the number of time counters on as foretold and then there's just uh, an array of uh, lands uh, got a lot of the fast lands uh, gemstone caverns city of brass but i am a fan of this deck just primarily for the crashing footfalls synergies and as foretold but i say this deck is way powered down because it only has one as foretold there's no way to like like you're going to be mulligan down pretty quickly a lot of the time uh, to try and get an Asphortol. And Asphortol is what really puts this deck into into place. Like, yeah, you got Ardent Pleas and stuff, but Violent Outbursts, their only targets are going to be uh, Crashing Footfalls or Wheel of Fate. You have five hits on all of those for those cards. And it's like, cool. Turn one, Exile is uh, Elvish Spirit Guide and Assuming Spirit Guide. You play a land and you cast ardent plea you make two four fours that's not going to get you very far no so my thing is definitely have more as foretolds have the full play set because if you have extra you can pitch them to force a will and counter a spell i would say change the misdirection to probably a daze something along those lines a freet flames uh, flame painter it's really sad that legacy lost Dreadhorde Arcanist, because Dreadhorde Arcanist would have been the bomb in this deck. Because you'd be perfectly fine hitting a Dreadhorde off of an Ardent Plea or a Violent Outburst as well. But uh, Shardless Agent, another uh, Cascade target, I guess, as well. Uh, Shardless Agent, sorry. Uh, Shardless Agent also can get those. 
cast or those uh, suspend spells. I don't know. Like you can really go in on suspend here if instead of as foretold at this rate for having only one as foretold. Get more ancestral visions in here, maybe draw some extra cards, have restore balance because that's going to be really good. And the plus side, this deck is almost pretty cheap, minus the force of wills <laughs> and the hull breachers. Hull almost, bre- almost cheap. It's cheap for legacy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, force of wills can get changed to like just make it a counter spell instead. You're going to lose some value on it, but you got it. There, you save a lot of money on that. Um, hull breachers. I mean, I guess you lose hull breachers and just put in, put in the, the as for tolds. Change the hull breachers to as for tolds. But I mean, I guess hull breacher is pretty good against brainstorm because they got to put two cards back still. <laughs> okay, so hull breacher is pretty good in legacy. I'm not a legacy player, but I can kind of see some things. Anything else on this? Nope. <sighs> it's a deck I would never play. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. A goofy deck that I like. Uh, If you guys are interested in checking out that deck, link's in the description down below. But thank you, Magic Folk, for making it to the end of episode number 88 of This Week in MTG. Uh, You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or any other place where better podcasts are found. We stream every Monday night around 7 o'clock-ish. Very loose number there uh, on Twitch and YouTube where you can see us live unedited and make mistakes and have awkward silence because both JB and Danny like to be on their phones. We'll just let you ramble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. We it's like not about letting you ramble. I would, I would like feedback as no. we talk about things. Good job. Yes. Perfect. You can find us online in a bunch of different places. I highly recommend checking out our nice, tidy little Linktree accounts that we got. That link is L-I-N-K-T-R dot slash this week in mtg that again is l-i-n-k-t-r dot slash this week in mtg click on that you'll get all of our links to where you can find us discord moxfield youtube's podcast links and stuff like that nice place to find it and you can head us up there to give us feedback of any kind and finally i want to thank j-dubs for sponsoring us now do you guys have anything else to say no Toodles. That's all we got for you. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. I can't help it. The grass tickles my balls when I run.